Welcome into the Siouxland Sports Insider High School Football Podcast, uh, week number six already. Um, our, this segment is presented by Bob Rose Point After, Westside Pizza, and North End Zone, and also our good friends from Fairway Grocery Store, our official tailgate sponsor of Siouxland. Uh, Mitch, uh, great weekend last, last weekend. Uh, they're all good. Um, heading into week six already here. You're finding out teams that are, you know, have one or zero losses, and uh, you have other teams jockeying for postseason position now that we're in district play, conference play, etc. So uh, we'll go ahead and start at the top here. Um, Sioux City North three and two travels over to Waukee to take on the Waukee Warriors at one and four. Um, Sioux City North off a tough battle here at home, lost to a very talented Ames football team who. I expect to be a tough out um, in postseason play this fall. But uh, to me, this looks like a game that North can get on the road over Waukee, Mitch. Yeah, and you look, I mean, I mean, when it comes down to the teams that we don't see a lot of and Waukee being one of the teams that plays in Central Iowa, you can't look at the record yeah. and be like, oh, one and four. Mm-hmm. Well, one and four versus three and two. Give it to the team that's three and two. Yeah. But just overall on this style and how they play – I think it really fits into the to how um, North wants to play the game. Uh, they they've thrown the ball for around the same amount uh, of times, 97 pass attempts on the year for Waukee, 94 pass attempts for North. Obviously, um, when the offense has it going for Sioux City North and, and Carson's able to throw the ball and they're able to run the ball and they're multi multi dimensional, they got it clicking and they're going really well. Um, e- even with that being said. They've Norse thrown it for almost 200 yards, actually more than 200 yards uh, through the air more, and then they run it um, at about the same clip, and Norse ran it for about 600 yards more. So, um, Waukee has it there; they can get yards when they need to, um, but just to move it down the field and, and sustain drives is something that they have struggled with so far. I mean, looking at their schedule, I understand why they struggle. Johnston, yeah. Valley, Centennial, mm-hmm. Ankeny, and then they got their win against uh, Des Moines-Roosevelt. So yeah, you're not going up and playing yeah. a, a cupcake schedule. So the reason that they're 1-4 and four isn't a, a glaring concern to me. Um, for this game for North, though, you are on the road again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to brush off what happened last week and, and really go out there and, and battle and fight. And I think, you know, for this game to be – Winnable. You obviously want to play your your style of game, so look for Young and Harrell uh, to have around 20, 25 carries at least. Uh, and then when you have to make plays with with your legs as a quarterback with your Carson, and also um, during the play actions when you get the defense to to be guessing, you know, hit your receivers in, yeah. in stride and really be a functional offense because we know that defense is good. Yep. Um, yeah, they, they definitely got um, dotted up a little bit last last week against probably – arguably probably the best quarterback um, in Iowa right now. He's playing uh, just outstanding numbers uh, from Saucer and Ames. And, you know, I think a lot of that is kind of a good thing for them because they can go look at film and be like, all right, this is what beat us. Mm-hmm. This is what we need to work on. And then for Waukee, they can look at the film and go, all right, this is how you can beat Sioux City North. And maybe they try to throw some wrinkles at North too. So yeah. kind of an intriguing game here. Uh, you know, this is this is kind of the, the time where Sioux City North writes their their season in, in a good direction, or kind of sits idle. Um, mm-hmm. And it really depends on the leadership of this team and where, what way they're going to go. Um, I like. I think this game is a good matchup for them, um, and it's a good you know real test 
for them going uh, farther into the season. And I think for them to make a decent playoff push, they're going to have to play a really good game against Waukee and then uh, build on that and have momentum going into these next couple games to end the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, you look at Sioux City North and when they're when they're rolling on offense, they have a nice mix between run and pass. And it's always the run that opens up that play-action passing game for Strobing, and that's been effective for them this year so far. So um, stick to the game plan. I know their defense will play well and uh, do everything you can to get to 4-2 and two on the season. Uh, next game we're taking a look at here, uh, Sioux City East, now 4-1, and one, um, had a tough defeat at Ankeny uh, Centennial last week, a game that they led, Mitch. Um, then it was kind of back and forth, and uh, a turnover did East in there um, at the end, and Ankeny Centennial capitalized. But both these teams are really good teams, Sioux City East and um, Ankeny Centennial. This week, East obviously taking on Waukee Northwest on the road. Uh, Waukee Northwest checks in at 2-3. and three. And I just I, – I really like this East team. Um, I mean, you've lost one game by three points. So um, they uh, they have what it takes to go win on the road. They proved that last week. They just didn't quite get the job done. But I foresee this team uh, with a great opportunity here to close out the season um, with just one loss, Mitch. Yeah, and it's going to be how the defense responds. We, I mean, the offense was able to – to score, I don't think they played too horribly on on offensive side of the ball. Um, had the game in their hands, uh, one one or two points in that game too, and really let Ankeny Centennial come back into it. Um, and, and it's just going to be a, it's a humbling learning experience for, for you. You want that loss to get away um, before obviously postseason play comes in because you know if if you ride a, a clean slate going into the playoffs, then your first loss you take is <laughs> is week one of you know district or, or first round play. Then you're watching the rest of the 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 playoffs from the, your couch. So yeah, I think that was a, as a good win to be at that or a good loss at that point in the season for them because mm-hmm. um, it's gonna you know now the guys that are watching film extra hard you know your linebackers your secondary. Like, all right, we gave up 31 points. How do we give up 31 points? What do we do wrong here? What do we need to fix and clean up here? And I think you're going to get a, a, a kind of a pissed-off East team. I, they, they went in, you know, they go into every single game thinking they can win every single game that they're in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we have a belief behind them that, you know, I, we like to pick them in every single game that they go up against, uh, no matter who it is, um, just because we like that front uh, yeah. on defense and we yeah. like how their offense has been gelling the last couple of games. I think you get right back on pace. Uh, I think, you know, 28 points is nothing to where you're you're worried on offense. And I wasn't super worried on defense, too. Let a couple plays go. Um, this uh, Waukee Northwest team is a super run-heavy team, yeah. kind of like we thought Ankeny was. Ankeny did air the ball out a couple more uh, times than I thought they would mm-hmm. in that game. Um, and a lot of it is, too, is to come back. I think they're at one point down 14 nothing. Ankeny Centennial were, was. Yeah. So they're going to have to pass to get back in the game. Maybe do this against Joaquin Northwest to get out. Maybe take the the coin toss, get the ball to start, drive down the field, get points on the board, and then have uh, have Joaquin Northwest play from behind. And it's something that they're going to be uncomfortable with doing. Uh, mm-hmm. Quarterbacks thrown for 471 yards and four touchdowns, um, mm-hmm. but he's rushed for 340 and six yeah. touchdowns. So he's more of your dual threat guy. So you're going to have to make sure that you keep him in the pocket, keep him clean. Um, and not make sure he gets 
out to where he wants yeah. to and scramble. And I, th- I think, you know, that's going to be the game plan for East this week. I do like them on the road as well. Um, I like both uh, Sioux City schools going against the Waukee schools. Kind of crazy that they play the, the schools that split up because just a couple of years ago, this was just one Waukee mm-hmm. team. So, mm-hmm. um, But I do like both Sioux City schools uh, to, to bounce back after a loss, and you know, hopefully they can, they can get the job done. Yeah, exactly. And you'd mentioned Waukee Northwest quarterback. And by contrast, um, Cole Ritchie, um, Sioux City East quarterback, has thrown for over 1,300 yards. So East very capable of beating you on the ground and through the air as well. So, yeah, should be should be a good game. And I do look for both Sioux City schools uh, to come out victorious this Friday night. Um, next game we'll check in on, uh, Carroll, 4-1. Heads to Bishop Helan now one and four. Bishop Helan with the big seven to six win uh, on the road um, at MOC Floyd Valley uh, this past Friday, and uh, Helan starting to turn the corner. Mitch, I mean, their defense is really playing well. You can hang your hat on defense. Good defense will keep you right there, but their their running game is starting to show signs of life. Now, if they can just get that passing game, uh, the play action passing game going off that uh, run game series, um, that would be really effective for, for Helan. Yeah, and that's going to be the, the huge thing in this game too because Carroll does not pass the football. Yeah. They, they run the ball 39 pass attempts in the year. That's mm-hmm. uh, minuscule. I mean, I, we know some high school kids that have thrown that in the game. Yeah. Um, but what they, they lack in the pass game, they dominate in the run game. They've already rushed for 1,400 yards yeah. on the uh, year so far. And, you know, they've, uh, they've sneakily gone 4-1. Uh, competition isn't the greatest that they've played. Mm-hmm. They lost to a really good Gilbert team. Um, and then they just got, came off of a really big, impressive win against Boyden Hall. We don't really know what this Boyden Hall team is yeah. uh, from last year to this year. They were super dominant last year and now lose all their seniors. And, and they I don't know if they've won a, a game yet to, to have the season starting. But as you talked about the defense and really kind of the, the shining part for this healing team has been the offense kind of getting it going. You know, uh, they're a couple of plays away from – hanging with or beating a North team, lose by eight there. And then you play an MOC team who had it rolling until um, last week, and then you play an absolute defensive juggernaut game and win seven to six. And they were still able to move the ball on offense. They just sputtered out on offense on times. And against a Carroll team that's going to probably keep the ball on the ground most of the game, and you want to make this a a low-scoring game, and you want to make sure, just like how we talked about with East, maybe they take the kickoff and, and they yeah. go out and they score mm-hmm. first because you don't want to play from behind against a team like Carroll because they're just going to drain the clock um, the, the entire time. And, and the less you have the ball in your hands, obviously you don't have to be right. a football analyst. No, it's the less you have the football hand yeah. in your hands, the harder it is for you to score, especially with the offense that Helan has, it's just kind of starting to find their footing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may sometimes, it, it, in even in pros, sometimes it takes a couple drives against the defense for you to get your offense moving. So if Carroll's going to limit your chances that you get, maybe you only get six offensive possessions in the entire game. Yeah. You can't mess up five of the six because I'm, I'm going to let you know right now, seven points is not going to beat Carroll. Yeah. But what I've seen out of their defense is they're, they're able to hold, hone in on it. When a team already makes themselves one-dimensional – it helps out. Look for – I think Quinn Olsen's going to have a good game. 
Um, Isaiah Favors had a great game last week. I think he has another good one. Watch for the mix of the the run and pass. Sir Brandon Watts has been a name that's been kind of under the radar. Yeah, I think he, he's you get him. Come out, you get yeah. him out in space. I think he's gonna have a big game this weekend. Yeah, and I think uh, tight end uh, Cannon Bork too could be a, a key um, feature there in the passing game for Elon Friday night. Um, next game we're checking in on MLC Floyd Valley three and two at uh, New Life Sergeant Bluff Luton one and four. Uh, Sergeant Bluff Luton, um, insert uh, quarterback Tyler Smith. Last Friday had success and uh, played pretty good brand of football. Kind of got kids back where they're in their normal positions. So uh, they uh, they scored and they scored early. Uh, took the lead and then uh, just kind of closed out uh, Sioux Center last week. MLC Floyd Valley is a team that's lost a couple tough games. Um, they were the victim of the Lamar's 42-yard field goal there um, at the end of the game and then uh, obviously uh, came up short against Helan. So two tough defeats back-to-back uh, -back for MLC Floyd Valley. And uh, I, I really like Sergeant Bluff right now with this. With getting Tyler Smith back and just his um, the awareness in the pocket, he knows where everybody's at on this offense. And uh, in, in return, the defense is not out there as much as they had been. Um, understandably so. Um, anybody that takes their starting quarterbacks out, starting quarterback is not playing, they're going to feel that, uh, Mitch. But uh, good recovery by Sergeant Bluff last last weekend, and uh, I look for more of the same this week. Yeah, and you, you talk about putting a quarterback in place. Well, the guy that was playing quarterback now gets to go to his natural position at yep. wideout, yep. and you give a weapon to Tyler Smith when he returns. Mm -hmm. And and I think this, this team – is, is going to hit fire right at the time they need to. Um, and, you know, you, you have guys on the defensive side like Gary McHugh, yeah. um, and you have, you know, your two-way guys, uh, you know, with, with Luchin. Luchin, and, yeah. and I really like what I've seen. And, and they've quietly ran the ball. They're not like a, yeah. a dynamic running team. But what Xavier Ellington yeah, has done – as, yeah. as a sophomore, mm -hmm. um, 83 carries, gets the bulk of the carries for Sergeant Bluff, 315 yards, six touchdowns. Mm -hmm. He had a couple that he broke away in the game against Sioux Center. Um, he is a uh, – it's a it's a dynamic backfield when you have Tyler Smith and him in the backfield because you have a, a, a faster, more dynamic running back, and you have a quarterback that can throw the ball downfield, yeah. but it can also take off with his legs. Yeah. We've seen what Tyler Smith's done, you know, from sophomore, junior, and exactly. then, you know, yeah. early part of his senior yeah. year. Um, that that's a huge dynamic that they didn't have before, mm -hmm. and and you kind of saw it was evidence against Sioux Center. I think Sergeant Wolf defense is right around the same, if uh, if not comparable to Bishop Heelan. Mm -hmm. So if MLC is only able to drive down the score one time on uh, on Bishop Heelan, I think. Sergeant Bluff's offense is more advanced than Helan's is right now. Yeah. So, therefore, in the matchup, too, I favor Sergeant Bluff in this just because you're going to see a lot of resistance. You had the first three games for MOC where they were out and we were like, okay, this team's legit. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back on it now, uh, Sibley O'Cheaton, <clears throat> Unity Christian, and Storm Lake are three of – um, I wouldn't say easy games, but games that are winnable on, on a lot of people's schedule. And then you go and play Lamar's team that, you know – put up a little bit of force on defense, and they played a close game against them. Lamar's wins by a field goal, and then you have the team that puts up a resistance on the defensive side again in Heelan. And we talked about that matchup already winning, uh, Heelan winning 7-6. to six. I don't think this game's going to be super high scoring um, just because I, I know that, you know, MLC is going to do all they can to get down and score obviously more than six points. 
mm-hmm. um, and it's just going to be a, a battle of, you know, people are going to give up yards between 20 and 20. Yeah. It's inside the red zone on each side is, is when how your defense, can you be, yeah, how, yeah. how, how, are, how much can your defense stand up? And, you know, you have a team that's lost two straight and a team that's trying to win two straight. Yeah. They're kind of trending teams, in different directions. Absolutely, going yeah. in different directions. Yeah. Um, MOC obviously wants to turn that around and get back in the win column. Sergeant Buff wants to keep running momentum during conference play and, and you know, start off 0-4 but try to finish 5-4. and So, you know, it should be a great matchup. It's uh, Sergeant Bluff's homecoming. So, you know, you got a little extra juices flowing yeah, in some of these sure. guys too. So, should be a really good game down at, uh, at Warrior Complex, Warrior Field there at Sergeant Bluff. And, you know, I, I think the outcome could be a little bit similar to what we saw last week with Heal and then MOC. Probably a, a low-scoring snoozer type of game. But, yeah. yep. you know, uh, as long as your team comes out with a win, I don't, I don't think you yeah. care what the score is. No, just a workmanlike victory. Um, moving on here, uh, we'll uh, cruise on into the state of South Dakota where uh, locally here we have two really good teams playing football over in South Dakota. Uh, first matchup we'll discuss here is Lennox 3-2 and two, at number four, Dakota Valley at 4-1. and one. And Mitch, uh, you've called a Dakota Valley game this fall, and uh, they're predicated on defense, and they, they've been getting it done on that side of the football. Yeah, all four wins that they've had, they've only allowed their opponents to score one, one possession. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they do so well is they'll – they don't really give up any big plays, and they're really smart about getting turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, so a lot of teams they play um, didn't air the ball out, but when they did air the ball out, um, you know, they, they trust their one-on-one matchups, and yeah. they're able to get pressure on the quarterback and throw and have them throw an ill-advised throw and then let your playmakers in space go make a play. And then you just basically turn around on the offensive side and do the same thing. You hold your offensive line um, to, to a standard to block for your, run, uh, your running back or your quarterback. Then Ethan Onama has his, you know, choice in weapons. He can either hand it off to uh, Boonstra, his stud running back, or throw it out to his plethora of wide receivers. And they've been able to, to play extremely well. Um, you know, they got tested against Sioux Falls Christian. Uh, yeah. I think that if they play that game nine times out of ten, it's probably 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just fell on the, the wrong side this way. Uh, but to be fourth ranked, four and one, and I think a, a big bulk of their their tougher games um, out of the way, I think that's that's a great little uh, you know start to their season. They don't play as I think they play like eight games. There's only two or three yeah. games left in their schedule. Um, so winning the games that you're supposed to be favored in or supposed to win, this uh, this Lennox team is going to come in and they're going to give you everything they got. Uh, they they did last year, and I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, look for a, a late turnover in the, the second half to be key for to boost uh, Dakota Valley. But so far throughout the entire season, um, their offense is cooking. It yeah. always runs the ball extremely well. They pass the ball now um, really well. And then their defense, just one solid unit. They're, I mean, it's not even – and the thing that's that I like about it is too is it's not one guy making the tackle. Yeah. The, the once the ball's in the air – Gang tackle. Three yeah. or four uh, purple or black jerseys in the area to make the tackle. So they really, uh, you know, they're smart on film and they know what they're doing. And, you know, just, just how they have they make reads on the defensive side. You know, I, Trey Peel is yeah. a guy that I'll mention a that, lot. Yeah. He's everywhere. I yeah. mean, he, he'll make yeah. a, a stop in, in the, the run game and blow a guy back uh, after, a, you know, for, for a negative one-yard gain. And the next play he'll be out in coverage tipping a pass or intercepting a pass. Yeah. 
just when you have that kind of Swiss Army knife in the middle, and then their corners are really good as well. Mm-hmm. Their offense or their defensive line gets pressure on the quarterback. They're just cooking um, on all cylinders right now, and it's really a fun team to watch. Yeah, it is. And I'll say, just for me, <clears throat> the difference makers in this game against Lennox will be Trey Peel and Randy Rosenquist Jr. So I just like their ability, um, you know, receiving the ball, running the ball. And, of course, the defensive effort as well will be there. So uh, fun one to, to check in on their uh, Friday night. Uh, staying in uh, South Dakota, uh, Elk Point Jefferson, um, number three Elk Point Jefferson at 5-0, and hosting Miller Highmore Herald at 2-4. and And, uh, Mitch, Elk Point Jefferson allowed their first seven points last week, but um, they've been blowing people out from day one. Yeah, and the you're taking on it's just one team, Miller, Highmore, Harold, yeah. and three teams. Yeah. Uh, although I wish they they probably are going to hope that they're bringing three teams in right. because so far no one's been able to find a, an answer for that defense. I mean, yeah, you scored seven points. Was it probably against the JV? Yeah, so they're up forty to nothing. Uh, games in at hand. It's homecoming. I'm sure the the coach wanted to to give you know some more players different playing time. You know, and then the thing is too is. I'm sure the kids that gave up those – the JV kids that gave up those points are pissed because uh, no one wants to be the, the first ones to give up the points. Um, and I know that the, the varsity guys are like, hey, why you, why'd you pull them? We, you know, we would have kept them off the scoreboard. So in a game like that, granted they won 62-7, to seven, mm-hmm. but you come back in it, and if you're Miller, Highmore, Harold, you're coming to the game 2-4. and four, You're playing against a, a, the top – one of the top-ranked teams – in in South Dakota, and you're just you're playing them not only after they got a, a good win on homecoming, but after they got a win and they allowed points. So now they're yeah. now they're mad. Yeah. So I think this could be a game where not that they don't not take their starters out because I think mm-hmm. they'll take their starters out in like the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, but this game could get ran up and could be ugly to where they don't let another t- opponent score in this game. I could see the remnants of another 50 to nothing game in this one with just, you know, they're going to show that, hey, the points we gave up were a fluke. We're we're for real. We want want to take on winner, the, the, the top dog. And that's the thing, too. The two top teams that are in front of them play each other this weekend, too. So mm-hmm. chance for them to move up, yeah. make a statement, um, and then, you know, just obviously make sure they are in the best position that they can be in. They want to play a full, you know, full game because they really haven't. Up until this point, they want to get challenged. They want to have their their starters play a full four quarters, so that way they're conditioned and ready yeah. to go against uh, you know another opponent. And you know the the closer they gets to playoffs, you're going to see less and less of you know coach being careful and letting guys you know come out and take a rest in the second half off because I'm you have if you're a senior you only have three games left guaranteed. Yeah. So make those three games count, give it your all, and I think mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of that at Oak Point Jefferson. And, and the crazy thing is, we're sitting here like we're talking that the team's five hundred. They're five and zero. Oh. <laughs> you know, they really haven't done anything wrong no, on haven't. offense or defense. But uh, that's just kind of the character and the culture that's built up there. I mean, yeah. these kids have played they football for yeah. yeah, they played football for forever. They've been in the weight room, mm-hmm. you know, clocking in and, and getting their their season started probably before other kids have. Um, and they didn't take anything for granted, and they, they won't take anything for granted until the season's over. 
Um, and I, I think it's just it, it speaks to the volumes of the, the kids there, the character that they build up there. I know the community is super tight knit up there in yeah. Elk Point. And it's, it's really cool to see them get rewarded for all the work that they were able to put in. And so far, being a 5-0, and I know the best thing after 5-0 and is 6-0, and and so on and so forth. And, you know, they're not going to be satisfied um, until they host a trophy, you know, come end of the year. Yeah. And uh, credit to um, Coach Jake Terry over there. He really built that program from very little to where they stand today. So good job out of him and his staff. Uh, next game, uh, bounce back over to Iowa. Uh, we saw a really dominant Woodbury Central team, 5-0 and now, uh, last week against Lawton Bronson. And they traveled to Westwood, uh, who's 3-2, and and their turn to take on the battering ram, who is Jackson DeWald uh, for the Westwood Rebels. So, uh, Mitch, I just see uh, too many weapons here for Woodbury Central um, on the outside and in the backfield. Um and uh, Drew Clunder, quarterback, um, he he finds these guys. He's comfortable throwing to five or six different receivers, and uh, they're all in sync with him offensively. Yeah, it's it's the the battle of the two opposites. It's all run yeah. versus all pass. Yeah, um, not that not that Woodbury Central can't run. Max McGill's a yeah, heck of a, a running guy, back. Yeah. Um, but Drew Clunder leads Class A in passing yards, um, mm-hmm. and might almost lead them in touchdowns if I'm not mistaken as well. And then you go to the other side, and Jackson DeWald, we've talked about him for the last two years. I mean, there's you're not hiding him. Yeah. You're running him until yeah. his wheels fall off. Yeah. 155 attempts, over 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns. Um, and we've seen him get held in check, though. Uh, Hinton limited him to six points. Logan Magnolia limited him to six points. I think this game gets into a track meet as to what Hinton wanted it to be. And that – voids well for Woodbury Central we saw against a team that wanted to make it a dual track meet in Lawton mm-hmm. 42 nothing said yeah. no you're not gonna score at all yeah. and that's up against the the second leading quarterback in the state yeah for for Brent a Heiss. in yeah. Heiss with with passing yards and they made a Lawton Bronson team almost zero dimensional they couldn't mm-hmm. pass they couldn't run mm-hmm. Woodbury Central uh, granted I mean they're, they're putting up big points 42 41 40 41 41 May average right around 41 points a game. What they do on the defensive side is almost more impressive than what they do on the offensive yeah, side of the ball. they're really underrated defensively, and I thought there would be some drop-off from last year. And I can honestly say, having seen it with my own eyes, there isn't. No. So. And, and, I mean, you do lose great talent oh, in yeah, last year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But the – the kid, the, they had the next man up mentality. Yeah, at, that is at Woodbury Central is mm-hmm. is eye opening. Yeah, um, you know you we talked about it. You replace one clunder with another, yeah. and and you know, I think Drew's almost having more of a uh, a bigger breakout season than Dallas had his junior yeah. year. So yeah. it's uh, I just think it comes down. It's a culture, man. It and is these kids ahead of them. You know, and some are brothers. And look at the McGill kids, and you know Drew's older brother let Dallas last year. So. It's it's these kids are good understudies to their upperclassmen, and uh, the program is thriving right now. Absolutely, and they got some the other guys, you know, too. Obviously, out in in space, uh, Kyan Schultzen, yeah, uh, Will Destictor. Destictor's a good kid. Uh, yeah. you, I mean, you got a lot of guys that are really really good for this team, and 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 the thing is, a lot of the guys that you mentioned, almost pretty much everyone you mentioned, that's really good on the offensive side. Guess what? Flips over and plays on the defensive side. Yeah. So they very rarely come out of the game, and they, they're passionate. They love the game of football. They love 
representing the the name on the jersey in the front. And I tell you what, I, I thought we were going to see a, a, I would say, a more competitive game last Friday. Mm-hmm. And from the jump, Woodbury Central yeah. basically was like, no, we own this rivalry. This is this is us. So I think it it could be a little bit more. Now you have to stop you have to stop Dewald. So if yeah. they don't stop Dewald, you know this game could get interesting. But I I think you put everyone in a box, and and make them less of a one dimensional unit than what they already are. And we already know what this team can do on offense. And I think this game could get a little bit out of hand as well, um, as the game last year did. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then we have one more game here. Uh, we will wrap up with, and that's a game uh, Mitch will be calling for Metro Sports Television. It's Des Moines East at one and four visiting Sioux City West at two and four. And Mitch, uh, what are you looking for in this contest? You know, I, I'm I'm looking for the directional schools to find a direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I mm-hmm. think with Des Moines East, they've played some teams and and this year that Roosevelt. North, Lincoln, those three games I felt like could be winnable for them. Mm-hmm. And they played an Ames team and then an Urbandale team. Obviously, those two teams are, are higher up in in their uh, their conference and, you know, well-established. Obviously, we talked about yeah. Saucer and Ames before. Mm-hmm. Um, but they come into this contest at one and four. Now, East, are, East is a little bit different than West. Mm-hmm. Uh, Des Moines East, that is. Different than Sioux City West as, um, you know – Des Moines Lincoln, I find it weird. So, Des Moines Lincoln East, Des Moines East beats, and West loses to, mm-hmm. and then you play um, different teams like South Sioux, Des Moines Hoover, and Des Moines Lincoln, and they make it a competitive game where East would make it competitive. So, what I want to see out of this game is just. I want to see consistency on offense. We we know that Sioux City West can score points. But I want to see you stop someone on the defensive side. Yeah. Um, you know, Tyra Lafferty's been a, a great piece for them. You obviously talk about Mothershed, Hayes, and then Terrence Tepetti, their three-headed yeah. monster on offense. Yeah. Um, this game's going to be a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's kind of fits to the mold of what we saw against um, – they had the two back-to-back weeks where they played Des Moines Hoover um, and then South Sioux City the week prior, where it's 35-33, they got a win, and 35-33, they got a loss. Kind of fits the mold of that game. Yeah. And, you know, it could be uh, going down to the to the very end mm-hmm. um, just on who's able to, to basically have the football last. You look at um, uh, passing yards, West has 5-11 on the year um, to where East has 7-20. And you go to run the ball, and there's only 500 yards on the ground for um, Des Moines East, but 1,400 yards on the ground for Sioux City West. So, obviously, what they do on the ground, they do it a lot more. Kevion Hayes with that dual threat ability, and then mm-hmm. Terrence Tepetti toting the rock, too. Uh, I believe rushing for them, they had shared nine touchdowns in, in between them and just shy of uh, – a thousand yards between the two, so th- those two in the backfield are going to be hard yeah. to to yep. disguise against. And um, you know, as defense, you know, if you run some sort of option play, you know, you have to be disciplined. Yep. You have to respect the run of Tepetti, and then you have to expect the pulling and getting out farther ability of Kevion Hayes. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be it's going to be a great game. Going to call, I'm going to take a lot of commercial yeah, be, breaks because there's going to be a lot yeah. of scoring. Yep. 
Um, but it should be a good game. I think West does get their third win of the year mm-hmm. uh, against the the Scarlets in this one. Uh, but it's you know it's going to come down to to the late play in the yeah, fourth quarter gonna, yeah. and I mean, you just they, gotta, if they get the defensive stops absolutely they can get their third win because I I mean you may agree with me maybe not but I think the offense will be there and uh, you know they've got enough kids that uh, you know I still want to see uh, my guy on the outside there uh, um, the Mothershed yeah yeah Marion Mothershed um, get some balls chucked up to him because a hey, kid six three he's long. And you know, there's not many five nine, five ten corners that can defend a jump ball. Right. So, Last game I called was his only touchdown of the year too. So maybe I'm yeah, maybe I'm a little bit. Good luck. Yeah, that's right. Well, good luck to Sioux City West, and congratulations to Terrence Topetti. I noticed he was uh, announced as homecoming king uh, there for their homecoming festivities this week. But uh, thanks for listening in to uh, Siouxland Sports Insider, our podcast here. Uh, Thanks again to Bob Rose and Fairway Grocery Store, and we'll look forward to recapping the action with you over the weekend.